as we all have limited bandwidth and as we know attention follows intention where do you consciously put your life force besides the let's say real estate development on the ground to influence the other layers you were mentioning here and there the advocacy piece templatizing the endeavors so when you take an own second horizon uh, perspective on yourself and your endeavors let's say maybe three to five years where do you see the acupuncture points you need to make to really get this i would not say off the ground but again like reach a different playing field mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i think it's in in collaboration it's really looking at um uh, looking at other types of of things that matter so for example i think that nature-based assets you know for lack of better words assets the word i'm going to use are extremely important. Um, we're already seeing a lot of a lot of changes happening with you know at a global scale with supply chain because of what happened with the pandemic. Um, things are happening at a global scale because of climate. Just now, Britain we rec- recorded the highest temperature ever, and I'm just like looking at the data and thinking, you know, we really need to work harder and smarter uh, now. Not not in five years. Not ten. It's it's today. It's or it's actually maybe three years ago. <clears throat> and so looking at, at all of these different uh, opportunities for the market to get involved in requires a, I call multi-dimensional conversation. So we need to really be talking to leadership. We need to be talking to uh, sovereign funds. We need to be talking to all of these different organizations that care about changing the planet, or at the very least, not wanting to maintain a status quo, you know what I mean? Um, to be able to, to really make that change happen. So very specifically, my acupuncture points would be um, continuing to advance the study or, or the investments in, in things that, that make people mobile and, and make them uh, live with you know, fewer pressures, right? So for example, if housing is not affordable, then we're gonna have more people becoming homeless and going becoming poor, right? Because they can't afford to live where they live. If we don't um, invest in green infrastructure as much as a gray infrastructure, we're gonna have a lot of gray infrastructure that's you know creating a hotter climate and we're not lowering that climate. And so what I see that that needs to be solved is really the communication is is Im- we're emerging into a new system. And we need to create emergent economics and emergent processes to be able to handle the emergent future, the very highly interconnected future. And so for some reason, I, I don't know if it's that, that message is lost. We need to really rethink the way that we invest and that we put together all of our activities, all of our energies into an emergent world that's changing extremely rapidly. So. To, 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 to be able to take like a microcosm model, share with the macrocosm and say, whoa, we're talking about how this could be needled, maybe all over this country, maybe take some of the best practices from here and transfer them to another place, <clears throat> right? And then get real about, you know, 
what is the municipality doing? What is the state doing? How are those organizations working together to solve these problems? Because it seems like, you know, especially with, with leadership, it's like, well, I got four years, so I got to do what I can to stay alive. You know, my last year, I have to run for office. And so I'm, I'm less interested in a lot of these other things because I have a, a vested interest or, or to, to move forward in this way. And so there's a lot of different interests that are always having control of the conversation. We need to become resilient. That word resiliency is super important. And it's actually good medicine for every, every country. I'm not saying separateness. I'm saying interconnectedness and emergent, but resilient, right? Resilient meaning that you can take hold and take advantage of the, the things that are available to you in front of you right, and make the best of it, make it as optimized what you have versus look for something that's not there, you know what I mean? And so I think that those particular, that particular wisdom of, of, of taking what is there and optimizing it and really sharing it, stewarding it, you know, protecting it, looking at nature as, as also medicine and taking care of that is going to bring a tremendous amount of not only benefits for for your financial you know aspects of your life but also your your mental health and your spiritual health really so i think that that's super important that we look at and nature not as something that needs to solve but the solution itself you know what i mean and, and looking at and looking at those natural systems those ecosystems that's why i use those words to actually inform that we're not separate that we are all interconnected and we all have to sort of work together you know in this, in this flow What gives you hope? So when we look into the crystal ball of our collective future, nobody can really make predictions. We're certainly at a inflection point. Some call it the multi-crisis. I call it the great transition. I think we're already in the middle of it. A lot of the old and the new world are colliding. Um, when you take a positive outlook and you see your own responsibility on a global level, again, you know, stay, staying with the contribution the sector of real estate can make, and you maybe take a longer stretch of time, let's make it a decade until we meet again. Where do you think, especially real estate, thinking large scale or ultra large scale can really make a difference? That's a great question. Thank you, Alistair. Um, well, you know, uh, real estate, if we think about it as um, something to own, um, it, it's always going to have um, a short term or shorter term um, sort of time frame, right? It's it's really about creating profits. Um, I think of real estate sometimes as building, right? Like if you look at it very very at, at the most basic level, right? It's building something, creating something. And um, if you're creating it in, in, in urban environments, if you're creating it in non-urban environments, it's still a creation, you know? And so I, I, what I feel is in 10 years, if we continue to think about real estate as silos, I think that's gonna be a tragedy, right? Real estate development is just being a, a siloed event, right? If big money thinks about real estate as being siloed, that's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? What we need to do is work with 
again with creation right with this idea of creation and think bigger than that single thing that's happening and then get the developers of the future to think about things like well not only am i building for resiliency i'm also building for climate i'm also building for this i'm also building for that so when we think about the word build you're not building a building you're building an ecosystem that affects so many other things so in 10 years what i would like to say is that if if we're able to take uh, a different approach to real estate as build and steward versus build and own i think that will tremendously change there's another there's a bias right that's that's out there it's called a zero-sum bias a winner and a loser right it's just something that is ingrained for whatever reason you know, I don't want to go into the historical reasons why that is, but it happens across politics, business, etc. But we're entering into a world where we have no option but to be non-zero sum. That means that we have to have a high level of participation, a high level of belonging, a high level of interactivity, a high level of emergence. There is no doubt. If you look at what's happening in what we call a quote unquote the murderverse. That's why people are jumping on it because people get to interact, they get to build, they get to do all these amazing things together and they feel connected to that. But it's a digital world, right? What's happening to the real world is that we're not allowing that to happen, right? The game of reality is changing fundamentally. So I'm not saying the metaverse is not important and that you know we shouldn't allow that to occur in, in its natural order. What I'm saying is that we have this beautiful planet that has amazing, tremendous resources. And we have the ability, the, the models, the intelligence, the money, the people to actually really think of it more interconnectedly and invest in that future is what's important. So what we need to do is inspire a whole band of new developers that want to create the real world in a way that they feel is important to them. So I'm very big on that. I, I would like to see more people of color, women, you know, uh, non-binary, whatever, you know, really want to take advantage of this is my community. I'd like to build something extraordinary. I want it to be backed by nature, in, in, in community with nature, in relationship with nature, and then build it. Because only then are we going to get out of this whole situation because if we keep building these massive strike skyscrapers that have beautiful windows, it's great, but it's all kind of the same, right? It's time to really change it, look at integrating nature into the built environment, integrating uh, social and governance into the built environment. It's about really inspiring the ground, you know, and the sky to work together, you know, ground the microcosm, macrocosm to work together. And it's not happening. It's just, it's happening in little spaces. But if you ask me, how do I elevate? I like to have this conversation with larger organizations, big developers that have multi-billion dollar assets to be like, you know what? Let's take a step back and look at a long-term, long-tail development. Let's create legacy, beautiful assets with nature, uh, intertwined with the community, having stewardship and governance and, and activity and a sense of ownership and real ownership into it, we'll see a whole different world emerge. I guarantee you that. So last bullet point for today, 
You wrote yourself, your peers often describe you as a creator, magician, and rebel. I sense that the people already got an idea on that, but maybe as your closing words, what makes you, Juan Saldana, as a real estate developer, a creator, magician, and rebel? Great. That's, that's pretty funny. So when we were thinking about uh, archetypes, right, of, of a person, um, you know, a, a creator is somebody who uh, likes to uh, bring things together, right? Creation doesn't happen in a vacuum. Creation happens when um, a lot of other things come together and make it happen. So the reason I, I was described as a creator, I guess, is that um, I like to bring new things to the table, right? Hey, let's try something that has never been tried before. And, you know, sometimes people look and think that that's a little wild, right? Like, why would we do something different? You know what I mean? Everything's working because, you know, it's just not like that. I would say magician because um, as, as difficult as it may look, as, you know, there's problems that require solutions, there's solutions that require problems. I think that, you know, being magical in the sense is that, you know, you sometimes create magic from interactions, from time and space, right? It just all of a sudden a solution happens from higher consciousness that no one thought about and all of a sudden, voila, the magic has occurred, right? Um, and then Rebel, you know, it's, it's important to really challenge the norms. If you don't challenge the norms, it's gonna stay the same. And, and and I'm a rebel in that sense because I'm always, you know, kind of pushing a little bit more. Well, what about that? Did you think about that? Um, and, and I get those same questions, right? And so I'm just like, sure, let's be rebels together. So I, I like to create a little bit of trouble. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's important to be a little bit of a troublemaker because if not, you know, uh, things will never change and they'll never shift into a better way. So all of them are important. You know, the rebel is like the coyote at medicine, the, the magician is kind of like the artisan and the creator is kind of like, and you know, sort of like the connector, et cetera, is kind of like the king or queen, right? So like all those archetypes are somewhere in me. And so I kind of feel like that's important to share. So thank you for that. I think it was kind of a, a funny question, but I think I hope it, it made sense the way I explained it. Thanks, Juan, for the conversation.